You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. This generation has yet to see a move of God like we've read about and like we've heard about. But I've got good news for you. The same God that was alive in yesteryear is the same God that's on the march today. And God wants to do as much or more today as he's ever done. Don't buy into the lie of the devil that God is dead and so is the church dying. God is very much alive and his church will march on today. I say glory to God. When we don't see a revival happening around us, it can be extremely discouraging. In today's message, Pastor Gary says that we will see a revival in our nation. The revival starts with us. When you go out to your neighborhoods and city, be a light for the gospel. If you haven't put your trust in God, now is a great time to do so. Trusting God will bring purpose to who you are and allow you to find peace and comfort in the unknown times of your life. Trust in God today. He is waiting with arms open. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Joshua chapter 6. As he begins his message, we have our marching orders. Joshua chapter number 6. Before I read the two verses to give you just a little context, you remember the story where God led Joshua to lead the children of Israel to Jericho to march around the walls of that city. And uh, many of you learned that even as early as Sunday school when you were just children, probably sang songs about it. If you remember, they marched around it once a day for six days, and then on the seventh day they marched around it how many times? Seven times. And then at the cue of the man of God, he said, shout for the Lord hath given you the city. When they blew the trumpets and the people shouted, the walls fell down flat, the Bible said. And so this is historically what's happening in this chapter. And there's so much in here that it may be difficult for me to focus in on exactly what I feel compelled to share with you. So I desire your prayers, but let's look at verses 14 and 15 and then we'll go from there. Verse 14, and the second day... They compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times and my subject today is to preach to you on this thought we have our marching orders we have our marching orders this is a strange crew the nation of israel for they serve the creator of the universe the king of kings the lord of lords god jehovah he's revealed himself to them entered into covenant with them and God does things for His people Israel that He has done for no other. Amen? And noise, uh, it, the, the news has spread far and wide throughout the earth 
as to the mighty things that God has done for his people Israel. For example, the mighty crossing of the Red Sea on dry land. News spread far and wide on how that the entire nation of Israel walked across on dry land. Amen. And then uh, following them, hot on their heels was the enemy, Pharaoh and his army. And unlike, unlike many of the Hollywood depictions, Pharaoh actually did drown along with his army in the Red Sea when they went into pursuit. Can you imagine the blindness and prideness of heart for a man to think that he could go up against the God who has just parted the Red Sea for his people and to think that he would go in there and assume that kind of danger of life and limb to just try to get back what God was stripping out of his grip. But pride hid uh, his eyes from truth and he marched right in or he actually took his uh, chariots and went in and you remember the story the whole Egyptian army was drowned and uh, their enemies was gone forever amen it was a great deliverance and and so then 40 years later now it's their turn to go into the actual promised land and uh, right before they went into Jericho another similar miracle took place in that they crossed the Jordan River on dry land. And just as what happened when he parted the Red Sea, now it's happening when he parted the Jordan River, word is spreading far and wide that God's army is on the move and that God dried up the Jordan River for them and it has, it has smoked fear into the hearts of the, the enemies of the nation of Israel. And so God's people are marching on into promised land. Amen. And they're coming into this uh, city called Jericho. And, and, and I want to just draw some spiritual application for us on some things and some principles and some truths that I believe that we could apply to our day-to-day walk with the Lord and in our walk uh, and in our teamwork with the local church. Somebody say amen if you're with me. So, number one, I want to say this. We have our marching orders for devotion. Now, look with me back at chapter number 5, and I want to look at verses 13 through 15. This is an encounter that Joshua had with the Lord of hosts. Read with me, if you will. Follow along. And it came to pass... uh, Chapter 5, verse 13, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? That's a pretty good question, amen? Verse number 14, and he said, Nay, but as captain of the, Lord, the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did what? Worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot. For the place whereon thou standest is holy. I've heard that before, haven't you? Do you remember when Moses heard the same voice at the burning bush? 
and the Lord revealed himself unto Moses. And if you'll remember back at the first part of the book of Joshua, the Lord told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. And I could, I could imagine for just a few moments how young Joshua must have felt to have to step into the shoes of the man of God we know as Moses and how intimidating that must have been. And I could imagine as a young man, he, uh, he might have heard the stories of how God moved in Moses' life. And maybe Moses sat down and told Joshua about that time at the burning bush that the Lord said, pull thy shoes off thy feet for the land whereon thou standest is holy ground. And I could imagine as a young preacher boy, he must have been chomping at the bits to have some kind of experience with God like that. Don't you? Amen. I mean, he's thinking if I'm going to take over this people, Israel, this great people, uh, and if I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Moses, I'm going to have to have the kind of power with God that Moses had. And so what do you know? God does for this young preacher the same anointing that fell upon Moses, fell upon Joshua, and Joshua, when he heard those same words spoken to Moses, spoken to him, he realized in that moment that this was real, that God was going to use him much in the same way that he used Moses. And I've got news for this generation today. We can weep over the fact that yesteryear has come and gone and that God moved in great power and old time conviction. And we could, we could weep over the fact that the great awakening has come and gone. And we read of the Welsh revivals that came and gone. And we can weep over the fact that this generation has yet to see a move of God like we've read about and like we've heard about. But I've got good news for you. The same God that was alive in yesteryear is the same God that's on the march today and God wants to do as much or more today as he's ever done. Don't buy into the lie of the devil that God is dead and so is the church dying. God is very much alive and his church will march on today. I say glory to God. And so he heard that voice, that fresh voice. Uh, and I know that this was none other than Christ incarnate, uh, uh, pre-incarnate, I should say. Is that right? Did I say that right? Uh, this was before Jesus came in flesh. Uh, but the reason I know this was Jesus is because when he fell down to worship him, he did not rebuke him. If it were an angel, he would have said, don't worship me. But he let him worship him and he used the same words as God the Father. I believe this was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ standing before Joshua and telling him to pull your shoes off your feet. Amen. And Joshua in that moment realized that the anointing has fallen on him and that mantle has been passed from one generation to the next to lead God's people on. Amen. And I know we can whine and bellyache and complain about all the false prophets rising up today and all the heresy floating around, but let's thank God that he's still raising up voices in the wilderness uh, that will cry out, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, that will cry out, repent or ye shall all likewise perish. Uh, I'm glad that God always has a remnant uh, and it's up to you and me to be part of that remnant. We have our marching orders because of who we're devoted to. You need to never forget 
who it is that we are serving and who it is that we are worshiping. First and foremost, look at this encounter that Joshua had. Verse 15, the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And what is the next four words in your King James Bible? And Joshua did so. Amen. Uh, Joshua acknowledged uh, that this, uh, and he had asked him, whose side are you on? And he said, neither. I'm, I'm on my own side. This is my plan. Amen. Uh, and let me tell you something. Uh, uh, when we begin to realize this is not our agenda, this is not our church, uh, this belongs to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, then we have an appropriate response to the Word of God every single time. Amen. Uh, when we realize that he's not going to fight uh, uh, my causes and he's not going to fight your causes. He's going to fight his own cause and you can either join with him or fight against him. But God is not looking for people who are going to be rebels without a cause. He's looking for people that will bow down and worship him and owe their allegiance to solely and entirely to the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of his power. We need to remember where our devotions lie and you don't need to get mad at the preacher or the deacon or the Sunday school teacher or the Christian who says, you know what? Uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, many, many people in ministry today get many odd requests and many times they get odd demands out of people to do certain things that we know are against that Bible. And our only and appropriate response should be my devotion is solely and it's Entirely to the God of the book. Amen. And the book that God wrote. And I have no business catering to the wishes and whims of a culture that's slipping and sliding off into hell at breakneck speed. It's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to remember who our allegiance lies with. And if we don't obey the Lord, we should not obey anybody. Amen. I'm talking about we have our marching orders because of who we're devoted to. But not only that. We have our marching orders for direction. Chapter 6, look at verses 1 through 5 with me. Uh, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Look at this. God already has Jericho in gridlock and God's people hasn't made the first advancement toward the city. That's powerful. Remember that. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Don't worry about how strong the people are that come up against you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 3, And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times and the priest shall blow with the trumpets and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight 
before him. I want you to behold this sight. God is giving them direction on what they should do to defeat their enemy. And if you'll notice, uh, the only instruction he has given them thus far is what instrument to play and where to march. Amen. Uh, And how many times to march. He hasn't given them one sermon to preach. He has only said, go and march and play the trumpets and don't say a word. Don't shout don't even whisper anything until you're told to and this is their marching orders amen Uh, and it's important for us to realize that no matter how foolish it may look to us uh, no matter how weird it may seem sometimes God will ask us to do things that don't make any logical human sense Uh, but when we learn to obey the Lord it works every time uh, because we're not smarter than God is whether we believe that or not. Amen. I've heard of many a preacher get up under the unction of the Holy Ghost and give the church the directive that the Holy Spirit of God was telling the pastor to give the church. And the church rose up in rebellion and a church split occurred because the people it didn't make any logical sense to them what the preacher was telling them God was telling him. And the church suffered a breach because some people decided that they were smarter than the Holy Ghost and they were smarter than the Word of God and they were going to do it their way instead of God's way and they suffered as a result of their disobedience. May it never be said amongst us that we would forsake the voice of God through the word of God and spirit of God at the sacrifice of our logic, at the sacrifice of our understanding. What does the Bible say in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6? Amen. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Sometimes God's going to give us direction and it's not going to make any sense to us. Uh, When God told me to come, uh, I knew immediately that I'd be walking away from at least $20,000 in income. Uh, But let me tell you something, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life uh, because I believe I'm right up smack dab in the middle of a move of God uh, and it doesn't matter how much it costs me uh, as long as the Lord is high and lifted up and I'm not saying that to brag on Gary Caudle, but I, I want to ask you a question. What if I thought logically? What if I did what the average person was trained to do is figure it out on paper and wait until it made sense on paper, then make a move? Why well, I'd have never come. And I don't, I'm not saying God could, would never have done anything without me, but I'm simply saying uh, and when you follow the voice of God, sometimes it's not going to make sense on paper. Sometimes it's not going to make sense in your brain. And amen. I'm just glad that he's my provider. Amen. I'm just glad that let come what may. Amen. God's going to take care of me. I'm not worried about it this morning. I'm thanking the Lord that he is high and lifted up and he has marching orders. And my, my job as a soldier is to simply salute my Lord and say, yes, sir. And then follow in obedience to his command. And as a church, it is, it is our obligation and our responsibility to follow to the letter the voice of God. This is our direction. Never forget that God has already gone before you and done things in preparation of your arrival and obedience that you know nothing about right now. We're not privy to all that God knows. Look at these people, Israel, coming up on the city of Jericho and discovering that they've done locked the whole city down. 
My, my, my. And then God says, see, it's almost like I read into it, I told you so. And I imagine they had a few unbelieving Baptists in the midst, amen, that said, I just don't know about this. Oh, I don't know, preacher, this, ooh. Man, what if we get up there and they start lunging, uh, lunging their, what are they, what are them things? Catapult said, what if, we, what if we get up there and they start shooting arrows at What if we get up there and I can imagine the doubtful and frightful and the fearful, can't you? And they discovered that they were down on gridlock. They wouldn't let nobody come out, go in. God said, see? And you know what God would say to us if we would walk in obedience? We would step up to the horizons of God's next chapter in our lives and God would say, see? I told you so. Amen? We just got to trust the Lord that He's going before us. Because see, God is not a God of chaos and disorder. God is not catching up to current events and trying to figure out what He's going to do in response. God has already got the end figured out from the beginning. And I promise you, there's nobody can play chess like God can play chess. Amen. God knows exactly what moves to make to, to win every single time if we'll just follow the voice of the Lord. Verses 1 and 2, He said, Now Jericho was straightly shut up. Amen. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given into thine hand Jericho. I mean, they're just nothing but sitting ducks. They're an easy target now. They're not out and about gathering weaponry and raising armies. They're, they're smitten with fear and in, in total panic mode. And boy, I like it when God puts the devil on the run, don't you? That's why we don't need to be distraught and worried and stressed when somebody says something negative about what God's doing around here. And when some a naysayer has something ill, some ill will to say or some uh, grudge uh, from 30 years ago to bring up uh, when God's doing something new, just don't pay him no mind. All, all that does is reveals to us that the enemy is mad. The enemy's nervous. The enemy's afraid. And it don't bother me that when we have 100 last week and we only have 45 this week, that don't bother me either because I preach to fewer than this and God's just a stick in the building as ever. Listen, God don't need a whole bunch of people to worship Him. He just needs a few that are sold out to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. And we got to quit measuring our success based upon what we can see and start measuring our success based upon what we have heard and been obedient to. And I told you several months ago, it, the attendance may drop before it rises. And I'll add to that, it may never rise anymore. I hope it does. I pray it does. But is our objective as a church to increase our attendance? Or is our objective to go out and reach the lost? You would think that by default, the church will grow when you're reaching the lost. But you know, sometimes you'll lead somebody to the Lord and God will put them in another place. And we can either get bitter about that and say, well, I won't win nobody else to Christ because every time I do, they join the church down the road. Listen, that's God's business. You just keep winning them, amen? You don't worry about who they join up with and who God connects them with. We, are we not supposed to focus on the broader kingdom of God and not just our local church? If, if these local churches would come together and realize that we're all on the same team, amen, it'd be amazing at how many people, I mean, I, I've been told before, hey, just stay over in your territory. Can you believe that? I didn't know there was any territory in the world that was off limits. I thought he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I can't help it if you don't go to your own territory and God has to force me 30 miles down the road to reach the people that you're supposed to reach. Can somebody say amen right there? 
That felt that sounded a little cocky, so I apologize. <laughs> God help us to see our get our eyes on the direction that God has for us. So listen, we have our marching orders for devotion, for direction. Thirdly, I'd like to say this we have our dictation. Look at chapter six, verses six through eleven. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest, said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. Let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. What we're doing now is we're discovering to see if Joshua followed the dictation of the Lord. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, GaryCottle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCottle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.